The Calgary Flames look to find a win against the Montreal Canadiens tonight in Montreal. And Jacob Markstrom looks to reclaim that crease. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Balmosto, and thank you so much for joining me here. Uh, wherever you're tuning in, whether it's your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube, I appreciate you. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 winning money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown to get started. We're going to talk all about preparation for tonight's game as well as some predictions and players to watch and then we're going to talk a little bit about the Edmonton drama because uh, it's kind of nice to not be the center of attention in Alberta right now. Make sure you are subscribed to Lockdown Flames wherever you're getting your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. We're here for you Monday through Friday, five days a week, your daily Calgary Flames podcast. When Julian McKenzie tweeted out these lines, initially, I thought I was reading things wrong because it, it looks a little weird. So in your top line, you have Razichka, Lindholm, and Mangiapane, and Zari, Kadri, and Pospisil with... Huberdeau on a line with Backlund and Coleman, Jaron Govich on Dubé's left wing, Walker Dewar on Dubé's right wing. Certainly an odd combination. And your forwards stayed the same. Weger and Anderson, uh, Hannafin and Tanev, and the best defenseman on the team, and Nick Simone. So when I saw this, like I said, it looked very odd. Odd. Again, because this isn't what you're used to seeing. And seeing a $10.5 million player on the third line, my stomach kind of dropped. Because I was like, this is going to be a long seven years. And I don't <laughs> I don't know if this is how we want to start that, uh, that contract, really. But as much as it looks like things are just thrown to the wall and seeing what sticks... I don't feel like that is what's actually happening. Do I think that... Uh, Sharon Govich should probably be on a different line. Sure, absolutely. I don't know why we're trying Dubé at center again. This is something that has not worked in the past. Uh, Dylan Dubé is no longer working with the Flames. And I think it's time that they need to truly either scratch him, try to figure something out, or they they need to be working on it on a trade. Um you know, I, I really have nothing but love for Dylan Dubé, and to see this happening, especially to a Calgary kid, it stinks. But at the end of the day, you have to move on. Like, this is a business, and why keep dead weight around? Oh boy, sound like human resources justifying someone's firing. Julian McKenzie talked to Huberto and uh, about playing with Backland, and he says, He's a player who plays a simple game. I think at the moment, that's what I need. He plays well defensively, offensively. I thought we had success last year. Also, both him and Coleman are playing well. It's on me to play with them and help myself too. Again, we got some incredible self-awareness there. We 
are at the point, what, what is this game, 15, I think? I have already lost count, but we're about a month into the season now. Huberto is still off to a, I don't even want to call it a slow start because we are a month into this thing. And for me, I think what is very obvious here is that Huberto is not playing a simple game and he is very much in his head and in his own way. I hope that him being on a line with Backland and Coleman really helps him kind of unwind all this tension and figure it out and give him the confidence he needs to find his game again. It does not have to be and it will not be. 115 points. To me, that is silly. Uh, that is a very unrealistic expectation. And I, this just reminds me so much of like baseball players who get into those horrible hitting slumps and, you know, they're going like 19 games without a hit. Like, uh, if any of you watch the Yankees, like Anthony Rizzo this year, granted, he did have concussions, but at the time, we didn't know what was going on. And he didn't, wasn't very honest about it either, but he couldn't. He could not hit a beach ball. And that's kind of how this feels with Huberto. Like, he just, he needs some sort of accomplishment to un, just to, again, to build up that confidence and to unwind everything that's built up. Because when you are playing with that monkey on your back, the chip on your shoulder, it's not fun. It's not easy. And you know, you go out there every night hoping to prove it to yourself that you still got it. And also to that, to everyone watching and talking about you. One thing I didn't notice, mainly this is just because something I, I really don't pay attention to unless it is brought to my attention. And that would be Huberto's change in equipment. Jeff Merrick talked about this on Monday's episode of 32 Thoughts. And he mentioned that he switched from uh, C CCM to Bauer. And now he's not a Bauer client, but he is, you know, his contract expired and he's trying out new equipment. So we'll see what, where this goes. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and overanalyze everything. It's kind of like, does anyone else during the playoffs, like you wear that one shirt or that one jersey through every winning, like every game. And then as soon as they lose, you wash it. But if they're winning, you don't wash it. That's how I'm viewing this equipment situation. Probably not that simple and straightforward, but it makes sense to, to switch it up when things aren't going right. Also, Jacob Markstrom was back on the ice on Monday. It looks like he is starting tonight. And he was talking to the media and he said, uh, obvious, about uh, being back on the ice. It was good. Obviously, it's always frustrating when you're not practicing and you're not playing games with the guys. It's been a few days since I had a practice with the team since we played back to back, but it was good to be out there. I'm excited to see him back. I think that he is having a really good year. Uh, obviously, it's, it's better than last year and he's playing well. And, you know, that shouldn't go unnoticed, <laughs> I guess would be the word. But coming up next, we are going to talk about tonight's game against Montreal, previewing everything talking about Sean Monaghan and of course giving you your players to watch but before we do that I do want to take a quick break here and talk to you about Jace Medical. 
we spend a lot a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits, when Huberto is going to finally break out of his shell, and I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today, I want to want our chat to be a little bit more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply of erectile dysfunction medications. You realize what that means? Bring on that extended travel, go on a nice little road trip to watch the Flames or your favorite team, and you are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can get your next refill of uh, generics for Cialis, Viagra, Revedo, uh, and other ED prescriptions. And this is possible because of Jace Medical. Go online right now at Jace Medical to receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. If you or someone you love would like to have some peace of mind with a year supply of just about any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com and see if it's offered for you. That is J-A-S-E medical.com promo code locked on for $20 off of your purchase. Thanks everyone for hanging out with me today on Locked On Flames. I am here for you every day, so make sure you're subscribed wherever you're getting your podcasts. Nick will be back on the show uh, Wednesday, and I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about because flames aren't the center of attention for once, so we can focus on some good huh? Montreal, they are an interesting team. This is a team where I I don't enjoy playing them. I really don't. Simply because I, you never know which version of them you're going to get. They are coming. So Saturday, they had a big game against uh, the Boston Bruins. Ended up winning in overtime. Uh, some of their players were like staring down Jeremy Swayman. And Swayman was just laughing maniacally. I mean, super casual night. But then they turn around and get sh- their, get shelled with a 5-2 loss against Vancouver. Right now, they are 7-6-2. Good for them for being able to win games. <laughs> What's it like being above 500? I would love to know. I am happy, beyond happy, to see Sean Monahan healthy and having one heck of a season. I knew he was playing well, but I didn't realize how well. He has 13 points in 15 games uh, six in six goals. That's impressive. I'm so happy that he is doing well, has given himself time to heal and listen to his body and playing on a team that, you know, they're young and he can be that leader to them. And I think it's great. I'm, I don't think any of us had healthy Sean Monaghan on our bingo card and good for him. I, I'm not going to sit here and try to knock him down I think it's silly. I think, you know, the Habs are, they're still rebuilding. Like, they are nowhere near being playoff contenders. They're not at the bottom of the basement anymore with, let's say, like a San Jose. And I don't know if Detroit's just off to a super hot start or they're going to get, you know, kind of cool off a little bit and be back on Montreal's playing field. I think that they're still kind of in between, like, being playoff contenders and, like, yes, middle of the road. And, but not like (laughs) middle of the road in terms of rebuilding. Um, Same with Ottawa. I I don't, I don't know if Ottawa knows what they're doing, but that, again, that is a whole different discussion. 
I am very in interested, I guess, to see who starts in net tonight for the Canadians. I mean, neither of those, neither of their options are really ideal for them. It, it'd be nice for the Flames to, you know, light a goalie up for once instead of being lit up. I want to see the Flames just play well. This is the third game of their road trip before they head back home, and the Habs are a fast team. This feels like it could go either way and I hope for the Flames that this is a, a win because uh, we don't need them to spiral into another losing streak. They did get the point Friday night rather and that's good but it, it's still a loss and of course you lose the following night against Ottawa. We don't need to lose three in a row again. We just lost six. Hopefully score more goals because this team is capable of scoring. We have seen the young players truly come alive and look great out there. And it makes me very happy to see these younger guys getting a shot because if you told me this time last year that the Flames would actually have younger prospects on the ice, I probably would laugh in your face. And if you told me they were doing well, I would laugh even harder. Martin Pospisil is my player to watch just because of how great he's looked at on the ice. He has been producing and he's scored, uh, I believe, two in four games. And it sounds like he is just a stellar addition to the locker room as well, bringing all the vibes. I, I wish Jacob Pelletier was here so he could, you know, kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Maybe help Huberdeau. I'm sure that they talk, but I I do think that the Flames are going to come out with a win here as well. It's hopefully going to be three to two in regulation. I mean, if it goes to overtime, at least they get a point regardless, right? The one thing that I do think that the Flames have to their advantage here is their goaltending. Uh, obviously, Jacob Markstrom hasn't played in, a, it'll be a week uh, today, Tuesday, so I, I really do hope that he is, <laughs> he's not collecting dust and he, you know, he was practicing on his own while he was kind of out, but I hope that, you know, he's still sharp and he's still got it because some of the releases that these kids on the Habs have, a little dangerous. I'm going to be real honest with you. And all it takes is one goal. <laughs> All it takes is one goal and their goaltender to have a great night. I want to see the Flames generating more high danger chances. That It's just not who they are. Uh, their biggest enemy, the post, is back. I noticed that in the game against Ottawa and Toronto, that puck had like a magnet in it. To the post, it was so hard to watch and all I could think of was last year and how hard it was. <laughs> For this team to score and I hope that at some point they're able to get it between the pipes in the back of the net because that's that's what it's gonna take to win and this team is so fun to watch when they win <laughs> and I would like I would like to have some fun back in all the Calgary fans hockey lives coming up next we are going to wrap up the show with the latest updates from Edmonton because oh boy what what is going on in Oilers country and before we do that though I do want to take a quick minute here to talk to you about our friends at FanDuel 
Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is a perfect time to do it. There is no better time to do it to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide uh, wide, wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with me today on Locked On Flames. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow me on you uh, on YouTube, on Twitter as well, right at Jezebel Mosto. The other day, I was making some chicken noodle soup, minded my business. I got a Twitter notification from Elliot Friedman and says, Jay Woodcroft has been fired, relieved of his duty. And I think everyone kind of saw that coming. It, it's never the general manager when it should be. It's, it's typically the coach. And... They ended up hiring Chris Knobloch, who coached the Rangers AHL affiliate in the Hartford Wolfpack, and he also coached McDavid and Juniors. And immediately, the conversation, like, that just sent up red flags for a lot. And I understand why. You know, you're you're bringing in the guy that's worked with the Bonafide Superstar to fix the team, and it's really not. There's more to it than just McDavid struggling so far. And people are complaining about this being like um, an NBA sort of transaction and saying that he's just the LeBron of the NHL. I hate to break it to all of those people, but in order to be like LeBron, you have to win. I'll see my way out. (laughs) The Oilers have just been uncharacteristically bad. They have not looked like themselves out on the ice. Leon Dreisaitl is having an existential crisis every time he's asked to speak to the media and every time he addresses the media. Connor McDavid went off script and said, uh, when he was asked about how he found out about the coach, he said, "I, I woke up to a text just like everyone else. Probably, I woke up to a text like probably you guys did as well. I know the narrative out there, but it couldn't be further from the truth. Okay, we'll see about that. And right now, as I'm recording, the Oilers are playing the Islanders. I wanted to check the score and see. It was tied. Yes, it's still one-to-one. And the Islanders scored 39 seconds into this game. And they've also been on like a four-game losing streak. So, interesting. I, I just, I feel like everyone is out of sorts in Edmonton. This happens. We've seen it ourselves. It happens with teams all the time. And I I do want to go back and revisit that Connor McDavid quote for a second. I woke up to a text like probably you guys did as well. I know the narrative out there, but it couldn't be further from the truth. Now, which narrative is he talking about? That McDavid wanted this guy to come coach the team. That Jay Woodcroft was the problem. That McDavid is just trying to bring all of his friends in. I mean, for someone who is so heavily media trained and does not 
go off script to go off script like this. I, I, I'm inclined to believe that his level of frustration is through the roof and he kind of, he wants to clear things up on his own and not like have things play out. And I, I always feel bad when things like this happen, when players are like, well, there's a narrative and you know, it's, it's people like you to the media that uh, keep pushing these things. Like, I'm just here to talk and gossip about this with you guys. And like, get your thoughts. I don't, I don't care either way. I want the Oilers to lose. I want Leon Dreisaitl to get out of Edmonton. Flames could never afford him, but I, I want the best for the two, two of the best players in the world. But like, they got to face some adversity here. I'm not, I'm not going to complain. If it means the Flames aren't the center of attention in Alberta, I will take it. Thank you for taking some of the spotlight off of the flames and addressing <laughs> that because I'm not I'm not more worried about the flames than I am the Oilers. I think the Oilers have a whole different can of worms here with the way that their general manager has constructed a team. The players really aren't buying into any of this. And Again, for Connor McDavid to go off script and be like, "There's this couldn't be further from the truth. I'm going to take his word because there's no reason for him to lie, I don't think. I mean, I'm sure people are going to get, you know, well, actually, Connor McDavid. No. I was listening to, what was it, 32 Thoughts earlier um, on Monday at work, and <laughs> Jeff Merrick just kept reiterating how upset Connor McDavid is and how much he hates to lose. Well, that's tough considering he has spent a lot of his career in Edmonton, Edmonton losing. I am inclined to believe that things are going to have to change in order for him to resign. I don't know when his contract's up, but I think it's a year or two, right? Maybe a little bit longer. I don't know. Regardless, what what are they going to do about this? <laughs> because this isn't like some quick, easy fix. You cannot, clearly, you cannot just fire the coach and things will get better. Because they're not. You still have to address the media. You still have to play better on the ice. And I, it's, it very much reminds me of the comments that one of the lightning players made regarding like fans booing and calling for the um was it the lightning i think it was the lightning to uh like fire their coach or whatever and they were basically like we, we, if you're gonna act like that we don't want you here that in itself is a whole like comms director nightmare because now you you have one of your star players speaking out being like we don't want you here. Why Why would you want to, to buy tickets? Ken Holland, again, has just been disastrous. I don't understand how he's lasted as long as he has. Has been coaching, or coaching, sorry. He's been the general manager since, I believe it's 2019. And the team has gone through four or five different coaches. Now listen, since I started covering the Flames in 2020, it's been... Jeff Ward and Daryl Sutter. Okay, so it's only been two, but like, and that's like, I guess like the typical lifespan, but it feels like so much more because it was Bill Peters 
right before I started covering the team. So really, three coaches. But I'm very intrigued to see where things go next because if they don't win, obviously this is pre-recorded before the game ends, but they don't win against the Islanders. I have a feeling that it's going to be a players-only meeting right after you just brought in this new coach. Stuff has to get figured out. And at the end of the day, if you can't communicate about it, it's just going to build up and fester. We talk about it here on Locked on Flames, and I hope you are enjoying all of your latest Flames and NHL news. As always, I'm Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for joining me. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you're getting your podcasts, and of course on YouTube as well. And thank you to our sponsor of today's episode, FanDuel. Make sure you go check out fanduel.com slash locked on to check out all of the latest and greatest bets, odds, and props for tonight's game against Montreal. And until tomorrow, stay safe, stay hydrated, put on some gloves and a scarf because it is cold out there. And unfortunately, we can't all be Connor McDavid with heated driveways.